Alrighty, how are you going there? If anyone, if we have any listeners or not, we don't know yet. We uh, just been trying to think about doing a podcast. This could be our very first episode yet. We don't know. Well, we're going to start somewhere and, well, here it is. So, we're just a couple of lonely old pig hunters that are just enthusiastic about the sport. We thought we'd have a bit of a chat about it. See where it leads. What do you reckon, Sounds like a plan. So, what, um, how long have you been hunting for, Pig hunting specifically. Stingley would be probably the first attempt at it was probably uh, an 11, 12 year old. Uh, I used to to shoot a lot. I've always had dogs and I've always had dogs for as long as I can remember. Even even though they were not really big dogs because they'd never seen a pig. But, um, yeah, we moved, we moved to the Tamworth area when I was, when I was about 11, and, um, mainly guns and stuff, and then went on to an old domestic pig, someone had let go, and he was wandering around the neighbour's farm that I used to be allowed to shoot rabbits and stuff on, and, and um, yeah, he was a big old, big old barra, um, yeah, he used to. Go and catch him every afternoon after school. <laughs> and, uh, the old little dog that I had, he was he was pretty cool. So these would you say they were pig dogs, not pig dogs, were they just family pets that, you know, dad brought home and they become part of the family? Uh, yeah, you know, I bought them out of the paper and they were they were pig dog bred. Yeah, okay. Um I mean one of them one of them my main old dog, old Rocky, he was uh he was sold as bully cattle. Uh, he's a black dog with a little bit of tan face and uh, white white legs. And mate, he was. I, I'd like to have him now. He was. He was a champ. So when you bought him out of the paper, it was like with the intention to hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just okay. had. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You just shoot a few rabbits. So you shoot maybe you've seen a few. Well, I, at that stage, I was living in Newcastle. We we owned a. We had an abbot who was down there and, you know, there was a lot of bush around it. We, uh, I was always out hunting and looking for rabbits and whatever else I could. You know, I come from a, a shooting hunting family and, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really don't know how, 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 what the interest ever was and I probably got, you know, who knows, but it was probably one of dad's old sh- Shooter magazines that I saw, I don't know, but for some reason I was just, as long as I can remember, I've always been to catch pigs with dogs, before I even knew anyone that did hunt pigs with dogs, you know what I mean, I, I don't remember, before you knew it was like a yeah. hobby, but, yeah. well back then it wasn't a hobby, it was a living, yeah, so everyone, everyone was professional back then, you know, everyone that caught pigs was really doing Especially anyone that hunted with dogs was doing for money, for chillers, you know. So how did you hunt back then? So you had to walk in and you... Yeah. When you moved up to Tamworth, what did you attempt with there? How did you... had a farm car, were you on a farm? Uh, we, yeah, well, I had both, but I used to hunt on feet when, when I found that one pig. But yeah, old Rocky, I had him on rabbits and roos. Man, he killed a crocodile. <laughs> he, he really was. Uh, so you just walk, walk from the house after school? Yeah. 
before school. Sometimes during school, if I if I didn't feel like going, I'd just keep walking as well. I used to walk to the bus stop. It was about a three k walk to the bus stop. So did your old fella ever have pick ups? No, he was a shooter. He was a straight man. Um, but that that old Rocky, I, I just tell you real quick. We had greyhounds. My dad was lead leading trainer for greyhounds. We had a trial track at home, and uh, that old Rocky mate, he was he used to annoy the hell out of dad. Dad would be trying to trial these young dogs and get them to run. We had a lure on a track and everything. And uh, old Rocky would go and hide behind the tree. And them grounds, they'd have a running head start. By the time they got to the end, Rocky would be running beside them, barking at them. Oh, he was fast. Fast as hell. I, I wish, like I said, I wish I had him now. And he's yeah, allegedly straight across Mox Cattle. Yeah. And uh, Bully Cattle, obviously. Yep. Um, not, 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 not huge. For a very small dog, he was so fast. Yeah, right. Um, savage. Like, mate, he'd pack anyone. Like, come there, he was a very good guard dog. Yeah. So that's probably where it all started, was, was with that. So, um, that was, that was the start of the whole deal. That's pretty good. My, my, my introduction to it was a little bit different. So, we, uh, so my family... Uh, enjoyed shooting, so we used to go away shooting, you know, once or so, and it really got me, you know, I'd like to say it's a dick-style family, but God, it was that, that dedicated to it, was just a side passion, hobby, everywhere. Yeah. And um, I had a uh, first dog, was a German shooter, Moiner, for not any particular reason, so that was a good place to start. And he was just, he was just a pet. I said he was a pet. So when I, um, the first house, stood him in the yard. And he was doing awesome events. Then I spent a lot of time involved with Then met our friend, Tim, obviously. And, um, I got quite well with him. He was a big look on Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of we went out. Dog smoked off the truck. And How old were you let it? So, I bought my house when I was 18. So, I reckon I was between 18 and 19. Yeah, right. I guess. Yep. I was still a deep later. Three or four. Not a bit. Seven. Maybe. Not a bit. A little bit. A bit before I bought the house. Like, yeah, yeah it was late, late teens. So, and then, yeah, I went in. Went in him and I just, I just fell in love with him. I just, that was the first exposure to him I've ever had. And I uh, hunted with him several more times, you know, over the over the next months or years or time period that you like. And I just, that was everything I knew. I just thought that big honey, big honey was, you know. The way Tim took me out, the way he done it, and that's just, in my eyes, that's that's all big honey was. I think that's what really grew to the, Excessive passion for it now. It's almost enough back then. And I think I think that was the beauty of what well, it's it's definitely what I'm grateful for. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not ridiculing any any of the new big hunters or, or the way they hunt or anything like that. Everyone it's it's open slather, there's no real rule on how you should hunt or how you have to hunt. But 
you know, everyone that I learned to hunt from was a commercial hunter. Um, you know, we didn't, uh, you, you didn't go drunk, you didn't drink, you didn't, you know, it, it, it was serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, like I said, hats off to anyone that goes hunting. I, it's open for anyone. The more hunters, the better, and the less pigs, the better, and blah, blah, blah. But I just, for me, I, I'm sort of that way inclined on everything I do. I'm, I'm, you know, my kids call me a nerd and whatever else. You know, I'd go, I, I, I'm just serious, but set me up for, it's not even really catching the pigs that I love, and, and I know, you know, I feel you and I talk about it all the time, but it's more the dog, and the pigs are just the subject, like I think I think I could equally love hunting quails or ducks or, or deer, or uh, I couldn't hunt deer because there's too much work involved, I don't want to get that far, um, but I love, sure love watching it, I, you know. We've recently just moved to the first century. We've got the internet and home and uh, got YouTube. And you know, I spent half my life when I'm not when I'm not out hunting, watching hunting on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, and, and and to be truthful, that's where I've seen a lot of these other younger guys hunting pigs and and the way their dogs work and um, things like that. You know, I I, I just I never knew. There was another way other than the way I do it. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I see it. And it's just not necessarily for me. Um, I, I, I like dogs to... I like watching the dogs hunt. And I like long distance. Um, you know, I'm not big on driving around. And I know you and I have spoke about starting a YouTube channel and stuff like that. Uh, but it won't be same as the other guys that are, you know, I, I just don't believe in, I don't see the point, I guess is a bit of word, in hunting pigs with dogs that we've seen and letting the dogs catch them. If it's to that, I'd prefer to shoot. Yeah, no, that's, that's standard, obviously, I fully agree, and I guess another way you could, you know, sort of explain that is what seems to be the popular minority well, big hunting style, you know, yeah. this day and age is not really what when I do it for. Yeah. yeah, we often speak about that, you know. We And once again, no no prejudice. It's no, of course, if that's what makes you happy, hats off to you. Yeah, but it's not really catching the numbers or the pigs. You know, the numbers and the pigs wore off a long time ago when we were doing it commercially. Um, you know, that's the beauty of why I enjoy it now is because can't enjoy it now. There's no stress of when when you've got to catch pigs to feed yourself or your family. That's a whole lot of stress. So I guess for a, a little bit of context to explain in the manner of why, in, in the manner of how how we hunt, why it differs to you know the minority or the popular basis really. So how do you how do you explain the manner? Oh, I mean, look, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know how to explain things. I'm not a great wordsman, but I like I like a dog that'll sit on the back of the ewe, um, you know, like everyone else, 100% stop proof. You know, I want to be able to drive through a thousand kangaroos and be, be swamped in cattle that are looking for looking for a hard feed or you know, um, 
you know, and, and, and run through a mob of cattle. That excites me. You know, when a dog jumps off, runs through a mob of cattle and runs into the breeze and goes another kilometre or 800 metres behind the mob of cattle and catches a ball that might have been camped up in amongst the cattle, feeding, um, you know, big pigs. Don't, I mean, they excite me, don't get me wrong. But if you, if you ask me tomorrow what I remember most about pig hunting, probably wouldn't be the biggest pigs I've ever yeah, my highlights would be the highlights would be the longest hunts that I've ever done, or or the pups' first find. Sense like classic example is uh, obviously you and I hunt together. Probably you know, eighty to ninety percent of our hunting is done together. Yep. And then um, I think it was so for context, we're like three quarters of the way through. It's starting to get a bit uh, hotter now. Yeah. So um, slow down a bit now. Yeah, so I think I went hunting on my own five weeks ago, and uh, I think it was six or eight pigs or something, and the first pig I got was well over 100 kilos. Yeah. It was one of those pigs yeah. And then I caught another pig, which was I had four young dogs working hard, and they got it over a K of the truck, yeah. and it was, you know, it was a 50-kilo pig. Yeah. But... I remember talking to you about it, and I think I only had one photo of that big pig. Yeah. And then I sent you the video, the footage, the talk about this pig that I got a KO of a truck, and I was yeah. so excited about that find over. And was that one of your young dog's first biggest finds? Because uh, I know I know for a fact that you've done a lot of a lot of hunts over a kilometre. Like, yeah, yeah, but it was definitely for, for my current team now. Yes, I feel like it was definitely definitely their biggest biggest find. Now. They're at a stage where they're like heavily progressing. Yep. I feel like nearly every time I go out now, every month I've seen a little bit better than the last one. It's a real big milestone. So it wasn't the K, it wasn't the K that got you fluffed up. It was young, young dog's first K. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And um, yeah, the giant pig that they call, you know, forty minutes. That's a highlight for a week or two. It was like okay. Yes, I remember right. you and I didn't. Even, I don't ever think we really discussed that. No. It was how, how they work, how they found the good pig. It was in, uh, it was in a full crop of wheat, you know. I, I, I remember breaking up and sitting down, so excited by the way that they were together and had work and all that. And, and another thing that people might want to just decipher before, there's a kilometre and there's a kilometre. Yeah, so, the, for example, a pig that was 300 metres from your car heard you coming and got running, dogs had to follow him for a further 700 metres and make up the kilometre, opposed to the other night when we were driving uh, with a gentle breeze blowing from our left, uh, and that, that dog that we had with us was hunting hard off the back, jumped, and we watched him with the thermal run zigzagging across through the paddock, heading towards the hill, catch that ball 780 metres in a wallow in a dam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a, that's a pure 700 metre wind find. Yeah, that peak was probably standing 40 metres away from where he came. And I have no evidence, but I doubt he'd ever been down on the flat when we were driving 
I think he was still coming out of the hills to the dam and then possibly later coming down to the road where we were. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm only assuming. But I, the way the dog was hunting, if that was a trail, if he was hunting a trail, he would have been zigzagging along. Whereas that dog had his nose up high and was scooting left and right in a Z-pat. Um, you know, we were watching him on the drive track in the thermal. It just didn't look like a pattern that a pig would have ran if he was walking, you know what I mean? And plus had the traits of, you know, a mature wall, which yeah. he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're clever. They're yeah. going to stay back in the hard country. And he was no more later, he was later in the Probably you know, 52 kilos dressed, maybe maybe 60. Yeah. Live weight. Yeah. Yeah. He was no monster. He was just a good little ball. But like you said, we'd seen a fresh wallow. He had mud on him still. Um, the dogs ended up back in the dam with him. Um, but that, you know, that this week, that was probably the highlight of my hunt for this week. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've hunted four or five nights this week. Caught probably near 60. Yeah. Like for the week. Yeah. Well, that night, I think, was probably our best run of. Good pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, I didn't give one small little rescue. Fairly, fairly decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting that. To break down that that was your, your highlight. And I really, that, that particular find that Gary done out. I also really, really, really enjoyed how methodically he slow tracked. Yeah. up over that hill into that lane. There, there was two handy young dogs with him that quit halfway and sort of half come back. Yes. Well, they didn't come back. They just they slowed down and went off to that went off to the right on their own. He just kept pushing out. Yeah, it's very very cool. It's not a not something to see real often. No. Methodically, I don't know. I was I was talking about a friend about it today. I reckon because so we're. Context down down on the track, and there was a big paddock of canola to our left, and it was probably maybe 800 metres wide or something, maybe 800 from us across the canola to the scrub. So Gary was off in the canola, and then scrub comes up on a gentle slope into an undulating hill. He was in there for probably 10 ish, 15 ish minutes, just throwing the thermal around. And we've seen a mob of pigs come out of the canola and go up over the hill. We watched them the whole way. It's it just gully. It's just beautiful, beautiful setup to watch it. And then what? You reckon maybe 10, 15 minutes after that, Gary yep. came out of the canola and went up over the hill, flight tracked all the way back to. But he wasn't. He wasn't actually on their pad either. Like they were. They were further to the left. He he went up the right, and followed him up. So on top of that knob was a. Now we know, but that knob was a spear grass camp where they where they obviously camp every night. Yeah, and come down into that grain, that canola a day, um, and yeah, he didn't get along. Same deal. That 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 particular night, we had two fairly handy little dogs with him, and they came back. Um, you know, he just kept poking along. But the other thing that sparks one. Same deal, just without getting into story. It's a story uh, podcast, but that same night, and then this highlight will be was from that night, but a highlight that I'll remember for a long time is your bitch. Always had plenty of talent. We've seen it on occasions. 
but she's been learning from the older dogs stuff. Uh, and then last night, uh, that, that night she got to uh, the, the, two, the two good bitches that we were running with, good young bitches, they were, um, they were out hunting in front of the car. Your bitch came, jumped back on the ute, thought there was nothing there, sat there and I was watching her sniffing the wind still. And um, the, the other two dogs were out in front of the car working. Next minute, your bitch took off like a, like a rocket. Um, the other two good dogs didn't, experienced dogs didn't see her go. And then while she was gone, they came back and jumped on the ute and gave up. And then we heard a few barks out of your dog, and the two experienced dogs went and helped her. Now, that, that was a one-out find from your bitch who hasn't been renowned as being a wind centre as much as she is a trail centre. Yeah. And she was definitely the least experienced out at the time. Yep. And that was a definite wind centre because she did the wind changed just enough at that point in time where she was on the back and it hit her. And then five seconds later when the two experienced dogs were on the back, they couldn't smell it because the wind had changed. It must have just been off that come around. He was a good little boy, plenty of ivory, plenty of fight. Yeah, hell. He busted up both of the both of the young uh, your bitch and and my my experience, bitch. Both of them dogs caught a lot of pigs, yeah. and that's like the most hurt I've seen the pair of them, you know, yeah. let alone for it to both of them. Same, same pig. Yeah. Uh, not, none, none of them life threatening, but no. they were, you know, they definitely saw them. That was the first time they've had an image for a while. Yeah, that was, that was a ripper fine. I'm really stoked. It's a yeah. real excitement to see her progress. You know, like I remember saying to you a few months ago, which I. I thoroughly love and enjoy hunting with Matt for pleasure, but he's like so far into his career, I've never seen progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's this gold standard, like where I see these young dogs come through. It's a pleasure to see him grow and progress. Yeah. So, how do we go? So, we don't turn it into a story, story show. How do we How do we go from obviously you're heavily, heavily into trying to breed your own dog and style of dog? Like, how, did you, how do you make that progression from a from a, uh, a bully cattle to what yeah. you've evolved into now? Uh, so I bought a whole lot of shit between the bully cattle and to where I am now. Uh, and I'm, and mate, I'm only I'm only where I am now because of mates that had good dogs. Um, so I don't want to do a name dropping segment, but probably. Just in a, in a short nutshell, I, I, I started shooting roos. My dad was a roo shooter. Um, we, we owned, like I said before, we owned a pet food that was in Newcastle. Um, he was he was a roo shooter. He used to shoot for skins. Uh, he was one of the first to start shooting for meat, using kangaroos for meat, for pet food commercially. Um, so instead of wasting the, 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 the kangaroos when he, after he'd scun them, He'd bone them out, take the meat home and mince it up and sell it with our business. Uh, basically, predominantly was greyhound people. Uh, and, you know, brew meat back then was pretty sort of frowned upon feeding deer dogs. You know, there was that myth that kangaroo meat had worms and that sort of stigma. Um, 
anyway. So went from that to when, as long as I could remember, I just wanted to be a kangaroo shooter like my dad. Um, when I was old enough to, so I, as a kid growing up in Tamworth, I'd watch foxes, shoot rabbits and hares, and always for money. Uh, my dad, if I ever come home with 20 shells, you know, 15 foxes or rabbits or whatever, he'd take the guns off me for a week. Uh, I wasn't allowed to miss. I wasn't, if I ever come home with a, I remember one time just real quick, I had a couple of schoolmates come out and we gut shot a couple of can- a couple of rabbits, you know, by, by accident, I'm sure, but yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, you know, we were just, they were, maybe they shot them or whatever. My dad overheard us kids talking about it, you know, how when, when we shot it, it jumped up in the air and done a backflip or something. Mate, my dad spat it, put those guns off me for, I don't know, I'm going to say it felt like a month, but probably only two weeks, you know what I mean? But uh, I love shooting. And then anyway, so when I got old enough, I became a roo shooter wasn't many around back then. It wasn't a big business. I think in my zone, the whole zone, there was only three or four of it. Uh, I got to learn from some of those other three guys, you know. I bought I bought a hunting dog, paid 150 bucks for her. She was, at this time, I didn't know, but she actually had some really good breeding. Her, her mother was a great bitch. Later on, I found a friend owned. Um, anyway, she wasn't much chopped. I, I never really had any good dogs for a while. I found a friend who put me on to Timmy Taylor out of Walga. Uh, at the time, Timmy, Timmy Taylor was hunting wild boar as, as, a, as a commercial uh, business. Uh, he had a dog called Tug. Now, Tug was a straight pity boxer cross. A pure white dog with tiny little little brown speckles through him. Um, WGR Wild Game Resources had had a competition going in the early nineties where they put up a Land Cruiser uh, in each zone. Uh, Timmy and his mate had a team together and they went in the competition and that tug worked. Think he had one night off in 365 days. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah. you know the history of it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. See? Um, I believe that the competition was for the most pigs yep. boxed for the year. Is correct. that correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. Most pigs caught for the year. Um, he, he had he had plenty of other dogs helping him, but he was Tim's main dog. 364 days straight uh, injuries. It just when I got to know the dog, it was no, it was just no quit. And look to this day, he, I'm not saying he's the best dog I've ever seen. I, I've got nose dogs now that are three times better than him, and Tim's got dogs that have since then that have been five times better than him. But what he gave in every pup that I've ever seen bred by him was an unconditional drive. So. So you would attribute that 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 hunt that you dogs have, you know, like yeah. I know you and I have hunted a lot like straight, you know, like we've done that three day straight run where we've done days and nights. 
Well, as normally it's now 3am. Yeah. We, we, it's like we do all-nighters so, on, on a constant basis. So when, when you know, it's quite common for, for just, you know, like regularly, regularly bred dogs to just sort of have enough and give up. Yeah. That, that undying hunt that your dogs seem to have, you attribute that to the fact from their bloodlines. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I, look, now, now that I train dogs for a living, I would take, if I had two dogs to pick from, a dog with drive and very little talent or a dog with unbelievable talent and very little drive, I'm going to take the dog with the drive. Yeah. I can train a dog with drive to find a pig better than I can a dog with the best nose in the world and no work ethic. Makes sense. And same with humans. When, like with my other horse businesses, you give me a kid that, that wants to work and no talent over a kid that can ride a horse like unbelievable but lazy as hell, I take the I'll take the worker. Yeah. And I try and instill that into my kids. You know, it's uh I can I can teach enough. If that dog with drive has enough drive, he'll run around long enough. That like my mate's got a saying, even even a blind squirrel can find an acorn every now and then, you know what I mean? Like that's true. That's very true. So yeah, there's no use having a great nose dog that doesn't leave the use. Do you think there was a definitive moment that you really fell in love with long-range dogs? Uh, or it was just a natural progression? As they started doing it, you just thought, this is a go. So, so I actually a, love it until until they do it. And, yeah. then I, and then I've got to walk home and I'm pissed. <laughs> a good friend of mine, Brody, makes me laugh every time. He always comes up with this story and his old dog named Sarge. And he always goes, Sarge, why did you go so far? Yeah. And then we go out again and do it again. And yeah. it just makes me laugh. Yeah. No, I, look, it's just, I love, I love trying to think that I can think like a dog, you know what I mean? I'm not saying I can or anything, but I'm just saying I sit there and I watch them. I watch that if I could, if anyone wants to take any advice from me in any way, the biggest thing that I was taught and I teach to anyone that I know is watch your dogs. Mate, if you spend enough time watching them, you will learn what they're thinking or what they're going to do, what, what they want to do. You see their tells, won't you? Oh, mate, just I see so many people... Just get in there, and especially now with these trackers, you know, look, I'm glad. I, I love the trackers, don't get me wrong, but I'm glad that I learned the old way and and learned, you know, to try and think, you know, them dogs are out there. I can, I, I get out, even to this day with the trackers, I've got drive tracks, I've got all the mod cons, I've got thermals. I, I'll get out whenever them dogs are gone hard, I get out and I listen. Just, you know, it was the way I was brought up. Um, I don't like dogs with tails. I don't like offsiders that wear nylon jackets. Um, you know, if you want to talk when you're hunting with me, talk now. When oh. that dog leaves that truck, shut up or I'll shut you up. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, 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 I don't, just it, it makes you think more. One day, them, them trackers go flat, lose connection. These young fellas now, they're stuck. Well, I, I remember a time that specifically happened to us. So yeah. I'm obviously 10 years younger than you, and I've only ever had two dogs without them. 
and I was pretty blessed early on with some real good long range. If your trackers you started with, they were you could barely call them trackers. Yeah, that 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 is true. That is true. But I've always just once I got handy dogs, I've always put so much faith in the trackers. Yep. You and I were out, uh, and, and we got that good find. We've got that good find, and then Bob around, you know, not not mucking around much. But, you know, we just put the dogs on, give them water, and all this sort of stuff. Then he just sleeped off into the darkness, and it just so happened to be the same time his tracker dropped out. And then, I don't know, 20 minutes later, like, we're sort of looking for him, realising he's not close. My heart sunk over. It was like the worst day of my life. Like, I've lost math, you know? And you were just so calm and methodical and, you know, just just thought about it and, and we put a bit of a game plan together and we hear bits of sounds here and there and thought logically where the mob may have ran on and that's, yeah. you know, sort of headed that direction and, you know, whether we got lucky or, you know, through hard work and effort, we obviously found him on that. On that yeah. And look, I don't ever believe, I don't believe in luck. I believe in, in hard work. Hard work creates luck. You know what I mean? So, like, in that case, and it, it depends. In that case, it depends on your country, their hunting, the circumstances, and blah, blah, blah. But the first thing that goes through my mind is I'm going to check which way the breeze is blowing, okay? So so if we're facing north and the breeze is blowing straight into our face and it's all open, flat country, and I haven't heard anything, good chance he's not out in front of me, okay? So I'm going to look behind me, and if I've got a hill, I'm going to get on top of the hill. As much as I hate walking, that's where I'm going. I'll go on top of the hill sound travels and, and hot air lifts. So if I'm going to hear anything, if that dog went behind us downwind, it's going to be a lot harder for us to hear anything because it's downwind. But if there's a hill between me and him, I ain't going to hear nothing. So I've got to get on top of that hill as quick as I can and and I'm, I'm most likely going to go downwind before I go upwind. Because if I go downwind, get on that hill, and I'm wrong, and the pig is north ahead of us, I'm still going to hear him from the top of that hill behind us. Yeah. But if that pig's behind us, on the other side of that hill, going north or staying where I am, I'm not going to hear nothing. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So, and especially like, I guess it's easier for me to literally visualise it because I've seen I've seen you do it. I don't know what I would have done in that circumstance if I weren't there. I, like to believe I would have found him, um, but I really don't know how. I started to think a few different ideas and stuff, you know, whether we could split up or whatever, but obviously we come, we come up with a plan and, and it worked. Yes. And, right. and you're right. Great. Before the trackers, it was a whole lot more stressful. It was it was stressful. Like if your dogs were gone, the moment my dogs left the truck, I was stressed. Yeah. So the trackers are great. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about technology, but saying technology doesn't work 100% of the time so it's good to have up your sleeve you know what I mean makes a lot of sense Uh, same as thermals I love thermals but I don't use thermals to catch pigs I use thermals to train dogs so I use thermals to watch how my dog I watch what they're doing watch how they're hunting I try and Visualize what they're thinking, what's going through their mind, and if if downwind, which is hard for a dog to smell a pig, especially if he hasn't crossed the path, 
then I'm going to... I'm, if I see a pig, I'm not going to drive 100 miles an hour at the pig to throw the dog on it. That's not finding or catching a pig to me. Yeah. That's running a pig down or, you know, I'm going to, if I seen the pig out north and the breeze is blowing from up our butt, I'm going to drive out and around behind him like, like I never saw him to the left and get right around him if I can or right to the right and then come back up behind him 100 metres or a couple hundred metres and knowing that he's there or he was there, watch those dogs, and when, when they look like they've got something in their nose, pull up and send them and give them the encouragement that they're allowed to go, they, they might know, they, they can smell a pig a long way away, but they're just not confident enough to, especially if we've trained them and, and roused at them and, and reprimanded them for getting off unnecessarily. You know what I mean? So it's a fine line. They're very confused at this stage. They can smell something, but they're not 100% sure whether it's good enough to go yet or or it actually is a pig, you know? Which really reads into why it takes so much time and effort to build yep. a lead dog. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I've got cool. leads into a million more we questions. We didn't know how we were going to start. Comments. Uh, and you've got to start somewhere. Unfortunately, we've got to get out of the car now and do a little bit here and... Um, Anyway, I reckon we might crack it on again on the way home and see what happens. Hope so. All right. Thanks for listening and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. And, you know, if you want to listen again, then, yeah, go ahead. We'll try and see what we can do for you. All right. See you guys. Adios.